0: Welcome to the Lair of Aquatic Transmissions, presented by the Icelandic University of the Art, Design and Architecture Department, in collaboration with 101 Radio.
1: It's a platform for discussion, ponderings and wonderings about the future relating to design, art, science, etc. My name is Gardar Ejolfsson, and I'm an associate professor at the Icelandic University of the
0: Arts and i'm valgerður birna jónsdóttir a product design student first year
1: This session is called Data Centers and Bitcoins. It's an attempt to discuss uh, the introduction of data centers and uh, new economic models like Bitcoins and how that relates to the works of creatives, designers, and artists. We have three guests today. Could you please introduce yourselves?
2: Uh, my name is Silvia. I graduated from product design last spring. And I did my BA thesis and my graduation project about data centers, uh, digital waste, and the environmental
3: impact of the internet. Uh, hi, I'm Arki Tro. I just graduated from uh, MA Design in Atlawi and uh, with a project called "Hostile Bodies," that was an investigation on data centers from uh, factual. Uh, informations to uh, speculative drawings on the future of data centers, in Iceland especially.
4: And my name is Gunnar Jörgín and I'm a computer scientist who has been following cryptocurrency and Bitcoin since 2010 in some capacity, and following the markets and uh, studying the subject uh, r- rather closely for almost half a year, or like for, for the last year
0: or so. Great, thank you. Uh, I'm Vala, and it was that you heard in the beginning. So to start with, um, we've all been hearing about this new cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, non-fundable tokens and etc. Gunnar, can you explain this for us a bit?
4: Yes, sure. We can just start with Bitcoin. It's a very simple concept. It's like a vault or like a place that you have where you have your Bitcoins. It's like in a bank, but it is actually nowhere. It's a trustless system so that if you have the secret phrase to this vault, you can control the Bitcoin in this vault and send it to any other vault, existent or new vault. And you are the sole owner of it and nobody can remove this token from you unless he takes the whole Bitcoin network down. So it's uh, uh, trustless in this manner that nobody can like, block you like like PayPal would. And it's decentralized in that you would have to be a very powerful entity to take down a large uh, or control such a large pro- proportion of the Bitcoin network so that you could uh, take somebody's token away from them. Then it, the concept extends to, for example, the non-fungible tokens where that not uh, where the single token is not interchangeable with another token. So, in theory, one Bitcoin is the same as another Bitcoin, just like one Krona is the same as another Krona. But the non-fungible token is a token which has its own identity. Just like the Mona Lisa is the one and only Mona Lisa, and the copy of it is not the Mona Lisa. And let's say that we took a picture here, and created a non-fungible token of it, then a single entity could have this token in his cryptocurrency wallet and control it and claim that he has the ownership of it. And that can be used in uh, arts, in computer games and uh, every other thing imaginable where you have a unique uh, digital item.
0: Okay, Um, great, thank you. And I'm wondering about um, digital waste in the this new currency network? Sylvia, can you tell us about digital waste a bit? Uh, yeah. Um,
2: w- what I kind of see as digital waste is more um, digital things like old emails and um, things that are digital but we are not using kind of just like trash in the real world. Uh, And in my project, I was kind of looking at the impact that those things have on the environment because they crave constant energy in order to exist. Um, I was not maybe seeing Bitcoin as digital waste, although I think it could be. Um, Just because if we look at the environmental impact that Bitcoin has, it is pretty wasteful um, with the kind of mining
0: um, yeah, yeah. Bitcoin mining, what is that? And then maybe again.
4: So Bitcoin mining is a functionality that secures the network. New Bitcoin come into circulation when a computer that has been guessing for a very unlikely number guesses the correct number. That gives that computer some rights that help uh, create the correct transactions and the correct balances On the network. So the Bitcoin network could not be kept up except by this mining. And viewed in isolation, this guessing of numbers is wasteful. But at the same time, we can remember that the Bitcoin network could not be kept up uh, unless people were guessing this pointless number. So it's pointless in isolation, but it does keep up the Bitcoin network, which some people view as a useful thing.
0: Yeah, that's interesting and this bitcoin is kind of this whole another world because here in the real world you go out and you buy coffee with your card um and i'm thinking about how designers are using this new world or this other world in their works um arki can you what were you doing in your works yeah it's really interesting that we
3: are separating these two worlds although um It's not really two different things. It's like we we are opposing digital with physical, which uh, is interesting because in data centers we have... This confusion is not there because in data centers and where bitcoins are actually mined, uh, it's very physical. And this money is actually a very physical and wasteful thing, although it's also not entirely wasteful. but uh, So two worlds, yeah... In my project, I was actually looking at the, these uh, very specific places, data centers, and uh, trying to understand them. Understand them, yeah, uh, as a human body. And our daily, like our daily life, we are so separated from them. And so, this money, for example, we are quite separated from them. Also, uh, where our emails are uh, hosted and uh, how ali- alienated we were from them and uh, I was trying to connect to them to these data centers in places to understand this world and how um, how this thing is uh, working um, and yeah I I just uh, realized that uh, this was not something floating and the cloud was not something that was just floating around but it was a uh, in Iceland and uh, a lot of bitcoin miners are yeah, were in Iceland and were using a lot of energy in Iceland uh, and uh, yeah um, my project was basically trying to materialize and uh, quantify uh, how big this infrastructure is in the entire world and how delocated it is although it's very located in Iceland or in other places like France or Germany or Denmark and uh, that we don't know it uh, so it was just yeah, you know, tracing this yeah
0: it's interesting to think about that a data center is a place it's not in the cloud like you're always imagining and Sylvia in your works you were like Argi said materializing emails that you just sent um, Is how is sending an email uh compared to writing a letter and sending it abroad? Um,
2: Yeah, so if you write a letter, you of course need like paper and a pen that's all made out of some materials and that's wasteful in itself. But then you receive the letter and you can throw it away and it can just disappear. Um, But with emails, they kind of uh, get stuck in this internet, like they get stuck in this web. Um, and they can exist, so it seems, for forever. And uh, I am not very good at like cleaning up my inbox. So once I did the math that if I have like 2,000 emails in my inbox and if everyone in Iceland has the same amount, um, the carbon emissions that comes from having that in a year is the same as flying from London to Hong Kong. Uh, 650 times so we can just see how like small pieces of information can have very big impacts on the environment
1: right i'm also have a bit of a thought regarding these kind of uh, this physical versus the uh, kind of uh, i guess the mythological uh, Mm -hmm. version that we have of this like the cloud and like the wording of it like it becomes like a like a mytho- mythological thing, like a narrative in itself. But argue you were also looking at like uh, the introduction of like almost like new architecture, like, uh, uh, you know, you have architecture where it's only about the relations between, you know, it's, it's made for machines, architecture for machines, mm. and also architectures, you know, between machines and animals. Like this, like us, mm. seems to be like a certain change happening within architecture and design like that we're seeing new modes of architectural types. Mm. Could you maybe comment on this a bit?
3: Yeah. I mean, for example, here in the title, uh, it was post-anthropocentric architectures, which is um, uh, not centered on human, but centered on, for example, machines, uh, for data centers, for instance, because um, I decided to call the project hostile bodies, because this data center is very, or automated environments in general, that are um, called sometimes human exclusion zones, uh, are very hostile to the human body. Uh, and it's a paradise for a machine. Uh, and it's made and designed for the machine and for the comfort of the machine, which is very interesting in a, a de- for a designer or for an architect to think about a space made for a machine. For the cooling system of uh, the computer, the data center in data center, or uh, this cooling system, it's a huge network of uh, water running around, or for the electricity to run uh, in the best way, uh, and uh, for no fly to come in or no human to come in even, because if someone um, is coming in, it might disrupt the whole system inside the data hall. Uh, And it's quite fascinating as myself, a human body, that I was trying to reach out to a data center and maybe to see what computer was uh, hosting my emails and um, trying to get to know this computer, (laughs) although it's just a machine, but uh, you know, you have to want you want to connect to it. And you can't because these data centers, for example, in Iceland, you have a lot of like four different security systems, security levels. And some of them are very easy. But some others, you need a lot of um, to send a lot of emails and to be very special and to have a a, a really good reason to go in. And even if you have a good reason, you really can't even go in. Uh, So there are very little amount of human in that kind of architecture mm-hmm. and that's fascinating
1: yeah i think also gunnar i i noticed one point was, was kind of uh, about the non fungible token and how it's kind of based on the idea of the of the original which you know in the context of the digital uh, almost seems a bit uh, nonsensical uh, is that the correct assumption like yeah. how can you have the the sense of something original in the digital.
4: Yeah, it absolutely sounds uh, ridiculous because, of course, like if you create it as an artist, like a, a picture, a, a digital picture, a JPEG, I could say like, <laughs> I will just copy it and save it and say that it's mine. But we are humans and we uh, experience the world in a particular way. And so if somebody had the true Mona Lisa <laughs> in their home, we would experience it differently than if somebody had that. A copy painted by like a very skilled uh, like cloning machine or like copying machine or, or like whatever and so it is the same with like all sorts of like pfft, imagined things like uh, having a, a particular Pokemon at the, in the Pokemon game or like whatever we give it meaning ourselves so if for example a, a famous YouTuber would hand out like three tokens to his favorite supporters or like and you c- could have it in your wallet and nobody had it nobody else had it, like, it would be real to you and it would be real to the other fans and 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 that is uh, what gives it, like, meaning. And besides art, like, just imagine if, like, Muhammad Ali had stepped from the ring, taken a selfie and sold and, like, started an auction and, like, the highest bidder had won the picture as a non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it has worth. Yeah. so. That's like what we are coming to grips with now.
1: So again, kind of uh, this relation, I guess, between the uh, physical and like the, uh, yeah, again, like myths and narratives that, you know, we humans seem to love. Okay. One last question. We're almost, no, we have plenty of time. Sorry. Uh, I'm just a bit more curious about your work, Silvia, because you you did, you were kind of utilizing like data, like you you kind of calculated a bit the consumption. Mm Uh, but I seem to remember you had also had other physical uh, manifestations that you showcased. Uh, yeah. which were more about kind of the energy and, yeah, yeah. and locally dealing with energy systems, is mm-hmm. that correct?
2: Yeah, um, so I was kind of just contemplating um, the value of these digital things um, and I also read somewhere that maybe would we in Iceland would have to start producing more energy and make like more uh, hydro dams, uh, and in that kind of context, if uh, these digital things, whether it's photos or emails or, or all of these like connections we are making online, are more kind of valuable than the physical nature um, that we would be kind of sacrificing in order to power this digital
3: world.
1: All right, so that you have a conclusion. Sorry, Arki, go for it.
3: No, no, but it's such an interesting to have this uh, opposition with machine landscapes and nature uh, around Iceland. This, like, this clash of very cold and harsh environment. Uh, and I would think about cold and harsh uh, data center because it's uh, steel, but it's also cold and harsh in Iceland. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and both of them, uh, a data center cannot... Uh, Run without this cold and harsh environment of Iceland, and Iceland could totally uh, get rid of uh, data centers uh, here. Although it's maybe not, uh, I'm not gonna go there at all today. Uh, And because uh, data centers here are not for only the island of Iceland, Mm it's uh, it's hosting. Data and bitcoins of all over the world, so it's really fascinating to see uh, this confusion. And we cannot, as a human, we cannot grasp uh, the, what's happening in these uh, architectures. Although, although it's super small and it's a very small, tiny dot on the, this island.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also once read, like from Andre the this sentence. That was like if we wanted to sacrifice waterfalls in order to store uh, hundreds of thousands of images of waterfalls and I just like
0: the kind of contrast of of that. Um, This is all the time we have today but I want to thank you for coming in, it was really interesting and I want to thank you for listening.